gentlemen, start your engines. Let's talk racing. It's time for the Racing BS Show on Hoosier Country 105. Now, here's your host, Bruce Lear, AJ Bolin, and Rick Evans. Time again for the Racing BS Show. Each and every week, we bring you news from the racing world, starting right here in the heartland of American sprint car racing, stretching an hour north to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, then out to the rest of the nation. The Racing BS Show brought to you by IU Credit Union, Rapid Roofing and Restoration, and by the Paragon Speedway. Bruce Lear, good morning. What's happening, man? Ah, it's all good in LA. Indiana. Hey, uh, AJ Bolin, good morning. Yeah. Good morning. What's going How are on, you guys? Bruce, what's yeah. happening? And not much, man. Just digging in, digging in. Hey, before you sound... we get going on racing, hey, Ricker, well, why don't you take the morning off because I'm going to ask AJ a IU basketball question. <laughs> It'll take the morning. Yeah, no, Go I know. That's why I said that. <laughs> hey, seriously now, I don't get much action out here on IU, so uh, uh, bring me up to date on the team, Juice, real quick. Reader's Digest version. You want the? Uh, <laughs> let's give the PC version because because they won this week, right? So, yeah. um, you know, and, and I, I mean, it's great to see him hang on and win against Iowa at home. And even better than that, it was great to see our our hometown kid Anthony Wheel finally have a breakout game, right, in the right. senior season. So, um, I, I'll just say this: I'll take give me twelve Anthony Leals with that mindset, that attitude, that basketball IQ. That shooting ability, and I'm good. Do they go to the just, dance this year? No, that's gonna be that that's a that's a tough hill to climb, man. So yeah. and it would, I mean, it's an they, uphill are they slog. Way out or are they just? Yeah, they're pretty they far out right now. They need some wins against some much bigger teams, and there's only so many left on the schedule. So yeah, it's yeah, gonna it's gonna take some work. The big, they, they haven't won a game against a big team. That's the problem. Then we, right? we know how the uh, the Big Ten tournament works for the IU team. I mean, it doesn't matter yeah. how good the IU team is. The Big Ten tournament never not, ends well. Not going to end well at all. So, yeah, no. we'll have to hope for good things. Maybe they found something last night. I don't know. We'll find out. All right. Okay. Well, we'll I just see. thought I'd ask and catch up on Thanks it. for asking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. You well, just like yeah. winding him up, Bruce. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's easy oh, to do. He's oh, a troublemaker. That's all throwing cold. <laughs> on the furnace, baby. That's right. All right. That's right. I got a little NASCAR stuff here. Not much. Well, tell uh, us about it. What's going on? It's a big weekend for NASCAR. They get things going, huh? The Clash is coming up this weekend, uh, beginning of the Cup Series this year. And I just got a little information on the the Bush Clash that might interest you a little bit. All right. Um, The Clash debuted in 1979, and it was started to spark interest and get fans to attend Cup qualifying. Now, I don't know how it did that or was supposed to, but okay. that was the intent of it. Um, and, you know, back then, guys, I can remember the clash. Um, you know, it was a honor-type thing to be, um, you know, asked to, to be in it. Because yeah. it, was the, it was the previous year's poll winners, and they were the only right. ones that were allowed to participate. Right. Um, and, and back then, it was just a quick... Just a quick uh, uh, trophy dash, then they had Daytona qualifications, and then they had the opening ARCA race for the Cup uh, for the series. That, and uh, but you know, like I said, it was weird because that first year that they did that in '79, 
Buddy Baker won it and then won fifty grand back then. That's a pretty good number. Oh yeah, and uh, he was only one of nine drivers that participated in the event. Wow. So you had I don't know what it was thirty six drivers that had well probably not that many but you had a bunch of pole winners out there and you only had nine of them participate. Now my reasoning behind that is is because back then. You didn't have a stable of five to seven cars to choose from. You probably had one or two, right? Right. Sure. So you probably weren't as excited to get your car out there and obviously crash it and uh, end up, you know, not having good uh, Daytona claws and, you know, whatever. So they probably just didn't have the equipment. and They said, well, we're not going to race in that thing. Uh, let's see. What else? Uh, the, the clash started out on the Daytona Oval, then they switched it to the road course, and now they're currently at the L.A. Coliseum. Do you like that Coliseum race? I think I did two years ago. Last year it wasn't so much fun, if uh, I remember right. I agree. No, you're right. You're right. You're out. You're all over. That's good. That's good. Uh, the clash uh, has been through some rule changes over the past, um, and nowadays... Uh, it's changed. All 36 teams are eligible to enter. Um, they have a series of heat races that determine a field of 27, and then they have two more races that fill the field and so on and so forth. And my take on that is what was once an honored national high-speed race reserved for those who sat on the pole the previous year has evolved to a slow-speed exhibition race at best. There you go. Okay. There you have. That's probably pretty I, fair. I, I <laughs> it, it, I've got to agree with that. It's definitely an exhibition event. It's all about the money and exposure. And, yeah, you know, sure. That's sure. um, why they do it in I'd LA and try to get as many stars as they can. It's a Sunday night primetime event at 8 o'clock yep. on Sunday night. So yep. uh, uh, we'll see. It's just good to get more racing going again, though. I can't complain too I, much. I I'm anxious I to see it. I agree. I agree. You know, they got to do what they got to do. Absolutely. Have anybody heard anything yep. about that Tony Stewart team and our guy Chase Briscoe? And uh, I'm, I'm hoping for some news that they've kind of figured out what the situation was last year and why those cars weren't as competitive. Hopefully they'll be a, a little faster because I want to I want to root for our hometown guy and get him up front again. You know, yeah. I, you know what? I haven't heard a word on that, so I'd have nothing to add to that. But I'll uh, I'll look into it, see if I can't find something out. Sounds like a winner. Dig All deep, right. Bruce. Hey, you got any uh, Indy car? Ricker. Yeah, there's a little IndyCar news, or at least uh, it deals with IndyCar drivers. Uh, another IndyCar driver wins the uh, Rolex 24 at Daytona. It yeah. uh, goes to uh, Joseph Newgarden, yeah, and right. uh, he's having a very good year. Within the calendar year, he's won the Indy 500 and the Rolex 24 at Daytona. Uh, can't get a whole lot better than that. <laughs> another up-and-coming IndyCar driver, Christian Rasmussen, uh, won in the LMP2 class, uh, Newgarden in that GTP class. And he was racing for Roger Penske in that one as well. So uh, a very who, who happy guy. With him, do you know? Oh gosh, don't make me look that up. They're the sports car regulars that are usually in that okay. car. Yeah, okay. How I big of how big the years Penske hat? Ah, uh, Penske just can't lose, can he? I mean, that's can, crazy. Can so the Rolex Twenty Four is the name, but can we call this one the Rolex? 23 hour and 58 minute race. <laughs> I think we can. They threw what the flag a, a lap early. I mean, yeah. Um, and and according to the actual, you know, IMSA rules, if they throw the flag early, 
that's when it's going to end. I mean, because you obviously can't have some guys backing off because they think it's over and then other guys going on to win. So yeah, they, they throw it a lap I, early. That's the end of the race. Even The TV even like said, it. hey, two laps to go. Nope, I guess it's over. So well, yeah, I wanted, I wanted to text our, our buddy Deuce it because I know he was up in the tower, right? Like, right. What in the world are you guys doing? <laughs> exactly. We went from two to go to the checkered flag and it's done, right? Dave, so, did you throw that flag? Who gave who gave the command? Yeah, you Deuce, know. Did, you, did you hit the wrong button like what hey what did there, you do was there anybody uh in line to pass anybody on the last lap uh was yeah there? yeah was there? like especially in the ellen the prototype class right that new garden's leading and um i think is it Blom, blomquist yeah. the other one yeah. of the other indycar Tom guys blomquist. yeah was in second in the uh cadillac car okay. I, I can't remember who owns it for the life of me right now but yeah i mean it could have been a battle and oh um okay. he didn't get a shot it was just over well, so you know they had to be then, they had to be as surprised as as we all were yeah i'll, I'll bet that does not happen again would be my I bet it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. i'll bet not either and i'll bet you're right they, about that what else you got they said they, they said they started two minutes late well okay yeah. so Go two minutes longer. Well, it's, yeah, it's like, a 24. It's, 24 it's not the 2358, I mean, you know. So, yeah, yeah. kind of crazy. That was uh, that. Yeah. That was weird. No, no, I got nothing else in Indy Carbers. I don't either, big guy. All right, Juice. Let's go to our man Trackside with AJB. So, uh, the the social media world got a little fired up uh, this week. Um, someone. Posted that the Perrigan Speedway was for sale again. Not, not sure who did it. Not sure who still has access to that old Facebook account, but uh, it's not for sale. To to put those vicious rumors to rest, um, you know. How did that ever come about? It just takes one goofball and yeah, a social I mean, media you, login to cause chaos stuff to do to people or what are you doing you know isn't it horrible like honestly that's the downside to social media right and i've said it a million times when it's used correctly it can be the greatest thing ever for for a lot of uses right but when you have someone like that make a post like that yeah look short track racing racing in general struggles enough we don't need that crap so um but it's not for sale so i just wanted to you know i'm not sure everybody saw that that clarification so uh it is full steam ahead business as usual for for those folks up there everybody wants Um, everybody wants to get involved in that cunningham burger man that's (laughs) right they want to cut the cunningham burger so um Hey, the Lucas Oil Series, the Dirt Late Models, they've kicked off their season. And speaking to Morgan County, two Morgan County racers, Hudson O'Neill and, and Ricky Thornton Jr., have already uh, started their, their year off um, on the right note victories in that series. Thornton is your current series points leader as that uh, series continues action down in uh, sunny, warm Florida. Um, Supercross, Bruce, last weekend saw Cooper Webb pick up the win at Anaheim in the 450s. Um, that series rolls into Detroit this Saturday for an afternoon event. So maybe you can watch it, Weir, because, you know, you'll be awake during the day. I know I know it's hard right. for you to stay awake late in the evening. You're um, right. You're right. Are you there? Hello. It, <laughs> he fell asleep. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Um, I'm agreeing with and, you. <laughs> 
And that series, again, comes to Indy March 16th. And I'm telling you, if, you, if you've never seen those guys in person, it's worth the price of admission. Um, TV just doesn't do it justice. Those guys those guys are, are amazing and crazy and just, you know, you got to be nuts to run a race car, right? I mean, honestly, right, none of right. us were ever accused of being completely in our right mind. Yeah. When you do what those guys do, it's just insane. Yeah, so, take away the roll cage, the roof, the doors, two of the wheels and go for it yeah 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 strapped in the whole deal these guys they're they just they're crazy yeah so that uh that's all i've got very nice yeah okay you guys ready for a question of the day we are ready bruce my god let's bring her on then this is the iu credit union rapid roofing and restoration and paragon speedway not for sale question of the day Next question. You answered every question just right. Too bad you missed. That was a $9 question. Anyone else have a question? All right, guys. This week's question comes to us from Suzanne. And Suzanne resides in Somerville, Indiana. All right. And highly recommends the Shucking Shack Oyster Bar, where you can get their crab legs and lobster rolls that are really fine dining, big guy. Wow. All I'll right. have to uh, approach that with caution. An Absolutely, oyster bar yeah. in Indiana. I, agree. I don't know. I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. fresh, fresh out of White River. That's right. Yeah. All right. Suzanne wants to know, and she said, I just moved to Indiana, and I'm trying to get up to speed on the state's biggest attraction, which is obviously the Indy 500. Can you give me the names of the individuals who own the track and under their guidance, how the track progressed during their time as owners or managers. Suzanne, that's a that's a great question. First off, I'm not eating anything fresh out of the White River. So that's, <laughs> that's where that's coming from. They can have it. So, yeah, um, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> the Chuck and Chuck right? better not be pulling them out of White River. That's right. Yeah. Like, I don't even care how far downstream it is. They, <laughs> yeah, right, right. So, um, so, 1908, Carl Fisher and his partners, James Allison, Arthur Newby, and and, uh, Frank Wheeler purchased the land uh, for the track and construction began that that following spring in 1909. Those guys built that facility with the thought of it being a a testing facility for the automotive industry. Um, Obviously, I mean, it definitely played out that way. It's been, I mean, a lot of what we've seen on the cars we drive today have came from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, right? Oh, I'll sure. Bet. But, I'll bet that's but those right. guys didn't envision the Indy 500. Um, they Their actual first event was a hot air balloon race in 1909. And Rick, you you researched that just a little bit. Tell us tell us a little bit about that. Well, they had uh, two winners. You had a, the, the winner ended up in Alabama after more than a day aloft with people shooting at him. And then there was a handicap winner. I'm guessing the handicap was uh, local balloonists. <laughs> But uh, Golf Link was in that uh, winning balloon, and you might remember that name. That's a name you see on the uh, observatory uh, for Indiana University as you're driving between Martinsville and Indianapolis, the Golf Link Observatory. So I don't know how – I can't make the connection from balloon racer to observatory person, but uh, they're both having to do with up in the sky, I guess. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I've got a a question here now. Yeah, I can't answer it. So – the race was from the Speedway to somewhere in Alabama? I, I don't know. I, I have no idea how that works in 1909, and how do you know who won? Is it the person who wins up the furthest away? <laughs> or 
And you don't yeah, exactly cell phone. You know, you don't call. Hey, I got to Alabama. How'd you guys do? You know, I mean. Can you imagine being shot at? I mean. <laughs> yeah. You know, oh, that is too funny. That's crazy. Okay. So on, those guys, obviously, obviously, those guys, you know, very recognizable names in the automotive industry. Fisher Body Works and Allison sure. Transmissions, right? Sure. We all know that. The first race came in... Um, 1909 but it was a motorcycle race um oh, really so yeah pretty interesting um wow. the speedway was also used during the time those guys owned it as an aviation depot during world war one huh. how about oh, that? that yeah yeah hullman boulevard yeah, was a runway wasn't it it was it absolutely oh, was right, so really? yeah yep so then in 1927 that group sold the facility to uh, eddie rickenbacker he yeah. purchased it and now 1927 think about this seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars in 1927. wow wow i don't even know what that equates to today but man, a lot yeah a lot, a lot. still a great still deal a lot of money today yeah. right <laughs> um but so rickenbacker purchased it in 27. um obviously when when uh, world war ii broke out in 1942 they closed it down. He offered it up to the government at that time for use again uh, for, for airplanes and aviation. Um, but the government said that with the with the modern aircraft at that time, the facility just wasn't big enough to, to handle it. So it just sat, shut down um, during the war. Um, Rickenbacker sold it then in 1945 to Tony Holman um, okay. and the Holman family again for $750,000. And that- oh, really? Yeah, and that turned into obviously the longest period of ownership in the in the facility's history. I believe 75 years that wow. the Holman family owned it. Um, Tony Holman passed away in 1977. The family continued on with it until um, now. Obviously, Roger Pinsky owns it, and um, you know a lot of improvements. You know, I mean, with when Holman bought it, I mean there were weeds growing up in the racetrack. Yeah, the like infield that. was overgrown. I mean, except for, you know, four years basically at that point, untouched. Huh. And uh, thankful, you know, thankfully the Holman family stepped in, did what they did, or obviously wouldn't be there. And and what would racing be like today without it? Right? Hey, if Tony Jimmy, Holman hadn't the, stepped up and bought it. Yeah, no what kidding. Was the first year that they actually ran a race after the war. So they uh, started the race back up in 1946, Bruce. Okay. All right, so it was right after the war got over then, huh? So there you go. Yeah. yeah. I had a chance yep, to talk right to after. one of the old timers up there one time when I was first starting, which is 20 years ago, and he was near the end of his career. And he said he told me stories about rebuilding the Speedway after the war. And my favorite one was uh, he talked about scouring all the junkyards in Indianapolis because the lights that they put, uh, you know, the red, yellow lights for cautions, right. uh, were LaSalle headlights because those were the biggest headlights there were, were the LaSalle's. So they scoured all the junkyards in central Indiana to get all the headlights they could out of the LaSalle's. And then they really? would uh, change awesome. them the color they wanted them to be. And that's how they built those uh, lighting kits that, that uh, right? were there in the turns. Wow. I thought that was always fun. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. Wow. I'm glad, I'm glad Suzanne asked that question. I didn't know. I, I am too. That. Good yeah. for Suzanne. I am too. Watch the oyster, and, Suzanne. Juice, yeah. what else you got? Anything? <laughs> That is it. We could go on and on. There's so much history there and so many stories, but uh, that's the well, quick we'll get, version. We'll get some people to write in on some questions now that you mentioned it. So there'll they'll be more. There'll be more. Hey, Ricker, 
get me out of here, man. I'm ready to hit the sack again. All right, we can do that. Well, thank you, Bruce, for being here. We You're certainly welcome, appreciate buddy. your taking the time. AJ Bolin, as always, thank you for joining us. We'll uh, get the podcast online, of course, whcc105.com. Each and every week, this program brought to you by IU Credit Union, Rapid Roofing and Restoration, and by the Paragon Speedway. This is your WHCC Hoosier Country 105 roving reporter communicating to you via the WHCC Western Command Center and still defending Fort Whistlepig deep in the Black Hills of South Dakota.